J Files on Double J. When Block Party released their debut album, Silent Alarm, it was a lightning bolt moment. The kind where you don't quite know what you're hearing, but you know it's something special. Released in February 2005, Silent Alarm was guitar-driven, earnest and frenetic. By April that year, it had charted in 18 countries. By July, Block Party were one of the most anticipated acts on the Splendour in the Grass lineup. And by January 2006, four songs off the album landed in the Triple J Hottest 100. So, did Block Party have an idea at the time of what sort of impact the album would have? I'm Gemma Pike. This is the J Vibes. noughties, guitar bands were big. The Strokes had really kicked off the indie rock revival with their debut album, Is This It, in 2001. You also had bands like Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Queens of the Stone Age, The Vines, The Killers and Franz Ferdinand. And then Block Party came along with a sound that helped shape the wave of dance rock that followed. When I spoke to Kelly O'Kerake in 2018, he said the band wasn't trying to break new ground. They were just trying to avoid being boxed in by the music press. Although we were being kind of described in the media as these kind of post-punk revivalists that couldn't really be further from where we saw music that we wanted to make. We were very much into a lot of American kind of underground music. We were very much into post-rock music, the music of bands like Mogwai and Godspeed You Black Emperor. And, you know, there's a tremendous use of that kind of atmosphere and space in that music. So we wanted to bring that across... And also we kind of wanted there to be dance floor moments. One of the things that kind of bonded us as a band in the beginning was that we would go to clubs together and we'd dance and we'd party and that was a big part of what we were about. You know, so we wanted there to be a nod or a wink to the atmospherics and the dynamics of dance music. We didn't want it to just feel you know, pale and kind of grey and skinny. We wanted it to have body and life. I don't want to sound disparaging about that sort of music because a lot of that music has gone on to now influence me and has gone on to influence a lot of the music that I like now. So, you know, I, I don't want to speak disparagingly about it. I just was conscious that I didn't want us to be solely known for that sort of thing.
probably what the objection was, was just seeing that sort of stuff in print. It always kind of feels like a reduction or a caricature of what it is you're trying to do. So your natural instinct is to rebel against it and to go against what people think or people assume about you. And I think that's a pattern or a trope that has continued with us as a band and with me as a songwriter, you know, I'm kind of constantly trying to prove people wrong. Making Silent Alarm, we were kind of conscious that we wanted to do something that felt completely in technicolour, you know, that it was that wasn't just this spiky, scratchy, cool sounding thing, you know, it was important to show that there was a sense of depth and roundness to the music that we were, that we wanted to make so that was the only kind of game plan really you know we knew that we had to prove ourselves we went to Copenhagen to make this record I think it was like we were there for like six weeks I think when we got there like nothing worked and we thought this is going to be a complete nightmare um <laughs> And we were also kind of conscious that, you know, working with, with Paul, that we didn't really want to be led in down a direction that we didn't really want to go down because, you know, we were a new band and we were protective of what it is that we were doing. And, you know, and it's hard, the um, the creative relationship, you know, when you work with a producer because, you know, you have to really trust that you're coming from the same place and you want the same things. Or before you know it, your idea or your or your vision can get warped mm-hmm. Um so there was, you know, there was a certain amount of what's happening here. Do we really want to do this? Like, is this the direction that we really want to take the music in? So there were some moments where we butted heads. You know, at the time, we didn't really know what was going to happen with this music. After the record was released, you know, and it went on to become successful, not only in the UK but all all around the world. When you think back retrospectively to what you experienced during the making, it can kind of, I don't know, it can kind of feel a little bit more rosy than it was. There was a quite a serious argument we had about putting um, a mandolin on this modern love like nobody in the band wanted to do it and Paul's like you know, you have to do this there was a weird kind of standoff kind of moment where we were like no we don't actually want to do this I don't really know how it got resolved but the mandolin ended up being on it and it was fine you know I feel now I can totally appreciate where the intention for that came from um, but at the time it was like I wanted to like strangling the songs in the album came about in two different ways basically there was a collection of songs that we were touring and playing live at the time that we recorded and then there was this co- collection of songs that we wrote specifically for for the album and I think Like Eating Glass is one of the songs that we wrote for the album, so it was something that we hadn't played live prior to recording. I was listening a bit to Marky Moon by television, and I really liked 
the sound of the guitars, that kind of driving dry kind of sound. That's where I was hoping it would go. But then I guess Russell um, took it somewhere else with this kind of cascading kind of wash of sound that starts the song. And then, yeah, our, our drummer really beefed up the rhythm. It's embarrassing, but I can't really think too much about where that song came from. I don't really have any so many strong memories of writing it. And it's weird because it, you know, because it's clearly a song that lots of people hold dear because it's the one that opens the album. But I don't really have any sexy stories about that, that one, sadly. Let's go to that one. It's interesting to think that that's been one of our most well-received songs still even now because, you know, at the time we didn't you know how any of the music was really going to be received. But it's interesting to think that that one is the one that, that people have really connected with. Quite like a tricky time signature thing in the pre chorus. Our producer Paul really, really wanted us to take that out just to give it a kind of more straighter type feel. He, he felt that it would be something that worked better at radio if we just had it straighter. But we were like, no, you know, this is the song, this is how we hear it, and this is how we want it. And that was an argument that we won, and I'm kind of glad that we did. I remember us rehearsing that in a rehearsal room in um, West London before we recorded the album and it took a moment for us to get our heads around it as well and, you know, I'm glad that we did. I'm glad that we persevered with that one. When I think of positive tension, I think of Psycho Killer by um, Talking Heads. Our drummer at the time, I remember going to his house and him playing me the Talking Heads record um, and I remember thinking how cool it sounded, how kind of wiry and, you know, how there was just no kind of fat on the track. It just felt very lean and very kind of muscular. loved how it worked so that's kind of what I was thinking about where the track should start and then you know again Russell brought in you know he brought in a very kind of different dimension a very kind of spacious atmospheric kind of feel 
have sounded alarm. For most of the time, I was just singing what just came to me, like the first thing that came to me, and then you'd commit to it, and then you'd have to spend the f- whole of the year kind of trying to explain what it is that you were writing about. So, mm. and, and it was odd because it, you know, lots of the, the, the lyrics on that uh, on that album were kind of very spontaneous, and it made me think for the next album, for a weekend in the city. I really wanted to know what I was singing about you know I really really wanted to know where these songs were coming from so that album had a very different lyrical approach to this album positive tension was I guess it was kind of really about the idea that I was kind of seeing in lots of of those kind of reality television competition shows like kind of X Factor or American Idol of these kind of young people being so desperate to try and make something happen and you know just feeling that maybe they were going about it the wrong way it was the wrong kind of vehicle to make anything really important happen that's the kind of perspective that I was thinking about it was really about youthful naivety it just seems slightly wrong to me those kids will be you know chewed up and spat up before they can even realise what's happened and that's supposed to be our entertainment arrived in Copenhagen to start recording our debut album Silent Alarm we'd already released the Banquet EP which is basically our demo that EP had kind of started to get international recognition um, Banquet was becoming a song that was starting to feature regularly in places so we knew that something was starting to happen I kind of wanted it to sound like adamant that was the only thing that I was conscious about because I've always thought that, that Adam Ant was kind of a cool character and his music has always had this kind of semi kind of tribal type feel this kind of dark insistent tribal Tom heavy music and I kind of knew that I wanted it to have that sort of feel but then with the kind of interlocking guitar work it kind of took on another quality you know the way that Russell and I were playing the guitar on that song in the verses it seemed like such a obvious thing that bizarrely no one was really doing that kind of call and response again harkens back to Marky Moon for me personally because there's lots of that kind of interlocking guitar work that's kind of where that came from I, I wanted something that felt quite sinister but also quite sexy Years actually wasn't on the album. It was a song that we recorded after the album came out. We've always been quite creative, and I think 
it was important for us to stay creative on the road. That was something that we enjoyed was writing music together. And, and you know, I think it can be hard on the road when you're a band. You, you can end up just feeling a little bit like a jukebox that you're just playing these songs that people love. And you know, we were adamant that we wanted to st still feel like a band, to still feel like we were creating. So that song was something we recorded um, yeah, after the album came out. And it was kind of interesting because, you know, we made Silent Alarm without really knowing how it was going to be received. But after Silent Alarm had been received so well, there was a sense of where do we go now? a very kind of driving song about loss and heartbreak but yeah it's not as frenetic I think as the rest of the album it's I guess it's more kind of a ballad in, in some way I'm Gemma Pike. Thanks for stopping by the J Files. The J Files.